Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. I just had to laugh because I, I watched Matt this whole time. And he was the most stone face I've ever seen, Matt. There was like zero emotion as you were talking. Wow, stony Matt. Look at him. Look at him. Hanging out with the wrong crowd. I've just, no, my internet froze up. I I was moving the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) So here we are today. This week we're talking NFL head coaches. They have all been fired. Uh, Hired, not fired. Some were fired to get hired. So here they are. Um, and their backs. So we're going to talk about some NFL coaches. How is that going to affect your fantasy team, your dynasty team? What can we expect or kind of look at? Who are we excited about? Who are we not excited about? I know there's a couple of guys that I think's value has increased with these coaching hires. So we're going to kind of go through these guys um, in alphabetical order. We're cover both these on the Nerd Herd Show and the Free Show. Uh, we've been saying at the end of every show is if you've been missing out right now, if you want to catch the Nerd Herd Shows, as we're only a couple of weeks away from breaking into these rookies and starting to talk about these Oof. rookies in depth. If you want access to all of our shows, all you gotta do is join the Nerd Herd. Right now, we're running that awesome promo just for our podcast listeners only. The promo code is WINTER, and you get 15% off our bundles. Uh, the biggest thing you're gonna get in there is obviously the Dynasty GM, the Nerd Score, and of course, the Dynasty Nerds Film Room. It's the largest access to a library you're going to get of all 22 film. Garrett, don't we have like over 750 videos right there, right now, this incoming rookie class? Yeah, we have a, a ridiculous amount. I think that also includes some some other guys. If you're you're a Debbie fan, there's some 2023 and 2024. But yeah, over 700 videos. Uh, and lately, all the stuff that we've been pushing out for the most part, a good 78, 80% of it has been all 22. And and that's our main focus is making sure uh, that we're, we're getting all those guys out. We The combine list just came out recently. So we added all the names of players that we didn't you know, have any film on yet. They were like, oh, here's a sleeper tight end that he got invited to the combine. We don't know much about him, but we better try to at least find one game on him before the combine. So we're trying to make sure that every player has at least one game uh, that'll be invited to the combine. All of the guys that are going to be drafted in rounds one and two, we're going to have probably anywhere from three to five all 22 games on them before we even get to the NFL draft. So we're, we're working hard to make sure that it's it's dope in there. Yeah, so you got to check that out. Promo code WINTER, 15% off. And remember, these games are broken down, and you can watch entire player's game in five minutes because it just highlights every play that that player's on. We circle that player. You know exactly what's going on, all 22. Break it down. Get the Dynasty GM. Uh, once you get in the Dynasty GM, every time somebody gets it for the first time, they'll message me, oh, my God, this thing is amazing. Um, I just spend an hour in there playing around with my league. So the best way to do it is just to get it, check it out. Even if you're even somewhat concerned with that promo code WINTER for the 15% off, you just sign up for the monthly, and you're paying the price of a cup of coffee for all the tools to dominate your rookie draft. And maybe just use it for the draft season. That's fine. I promise you'll stick around longer. Check it out. Promo code WINTER. So, guys, let's talk about those coaches here. Let's dive into Chicago Bears first with Matt Eberflus, former defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. He was there from 2018 to 2021, um, taking over from Matt Nagy, who was there for three years. And he's going to bring in Luke Getze, 
as his offensive coordinator. So it's fine. Matt Eberflus is the head coach here, but he's a defensive guy. So we can't really expect him to bring his offensive system to the game. So I think the, the real focus on here from a fantasy perspective would be on Luke Getze. Um, previously served as a, as a Packers quarterbacks coach. He was their passing game coordinator as well. Um, so obviously Nathan, Nathaniel Hackett was the offensive coordinator, but now he's the head coach of the Denver Broncos. So to me, I think this is really good deal for Justin Fields, right? This is going to bring in somebody in here who had a high-powered offense, who helped the passing game to back-to-back NFL MVPs in Aaron Rodgers. So as a QB coach, he was really tied in with Aaron. It's going to really help out Justin Fields here. And this is that was his, this is going to be his first time as an NFL offensive coordinator, but I know he was an offensive coordinator back in 2018 for Mississippi State. And when he was there, this, he ran a pretty even-killed offense there. Um, really like to push the ball downfield a lot at Mississippi State. And that would that's something that Justin Fields does well with his arm. Like he could push the ball downfield pretty well. So that bodes well for him as well. So this is a team that's going to have what we would assume to be a high-powered deep threat offense with a strong running game with a guy like David Montgomery. They're going to run, when he was there at the time, again, 2018, they ran a lot of three personnel sets, a lot of three wide receiver sets here. So we got to see who they're going to bring in outside of Darnell Mooney. Could bode very well for a guy like Cole Komet, Garrett's guy, uh, Cole Komet, because he's an athletic tight end. And right now he's locked in as a number two receiver entering his third year in NFL. We all know the third year is a big year for these dynasty tight ends or fancy fight tight ends overall. And remember green Bay is always, was always searching for that tight end. You know, Robert Tunyon heavily involved in the red zone there, but they were always searching for that good tight end. They just could never find that tight end. Robert Tunyon uh, was a good tight end for 2020, just not as much for 2021. So when we look at Getsy. He's somebody that's going to throw the ball deep a lot, have a pretty even-keeled offense from what we've seen at Mississippi State. And, of course, they threw a ball ton in Green Bay because that Aaron Rodgers. They no longer have Aaron Rodgers because now they have Justin Fields, and he has to turn him into anything near Aaron Rodgers' level, and he's dynasty gold. Also, we have David Montgomery here. David Montgomery should still be the lead running back here. They will get the, the running back involved in the passing game as well. We saw the Aaron Jones there. They had... Two solid running backs there, but again, he was a passing game coordinator, so we know how he'll necessarily work with the running back game here. But overall, David Montgomery should just be in a better overall situation here with this Justin Fields uh, starting a full year. They should get some more red zone opportunities. He should be in position to score more. I'm really curious on what receiver they're going to bring in here to offset Darnell Mooney go along with uh, Cole Komet. It should be anybody who comes in should immediately possibly be here the number one receiver for this team so all that should help they're going to push the ball downfield like Getsy has shown us in the past and we know Justin Fields can put the ball downfield this should give a lot more red zone opportunities which should benefit a guy like David Montgomery which could push him you know flirt guys he could flirt with that we've all seen him viable in the past game top 15 running back numbers for the 2022 season yeah so I mean you know obviously the connection there with with anybody from Green Bay, I think will be relevant as well, especially since most of the wide receivers there are free agents. I, I, there's only a couple of guys that are are Green Bay wide receivers that aren't free agents. I think it's you know obviously the rookie from last year, Rodgers, um, 
and Amari. Yeah, Mari Rogers and a couple of other guys, but Equiminius St. Brown, um, I believe, is a free agent. Um, Alan Lazard's a free agent. Obviously, Demonte Adams is a free agent. I wouldn't expect Adams to land um, in Chicago, um, but any of those other names are viable guys to kind of help bring bring a system over uh, to a new offensive coordinator. Uh, I mean, a new offensive uh, system there to to bring it over into Chicago. Um, so you know, I would look for those kind of moves, smaller moves, but then a then a high priced guy as well because they have thirty million dollars right now, so they're sitting pretty there with cap space and an obvious need um, uh, at, for the number one wide receiver there in Chicago. Yeah, stretching yeah, the field, I, a guy like Mike Williams, Nicole Hardman, something along those lines. Sorry, Garrett. Um, no, you're good. Because this is a team last year, they only threw the ball downfield like 12% of the time. They were not uh, a team that really pushed the ball downfield. So they're in the bottom third of the NFL. So they can start doing this. They're going to look for somebody to stretch that field. Again, a guy like Mike Williams could really open it up for him. Nicole Hardman even can kind of open it up for him. A guy along those lines can make a big difference in this av- offense run by Getze. Yeah, I'm excited about Getze too because he was uh, he was actually a played quarterback in college. He actually was uh, pretty close to home here. He was uh, an Akron Zip. He uh, started off in Pitt, went to Akron, and he was actually there just before our own uh, uh, Jared Wackerly. Uh, but he set a bunch of records there uh, at, at Akron. And he ended up going to, I believe it was Moorhead State for a little bit uh, in his early years. And him and Nathaniel Hackett both both had a, a really interesting touch points uh, with the RPO offense. And Green Bay actually had the third most RPO plays in 2020. And I believe that there's probably going to be quite a bit of that with Justin Fields in Chicago. They, they really like doing it with Aaron Rodgers, and we know that. Rodgers isn't necessarily the athlete that Justin Fields is at this point in his career. And and I don't want to confuse anybody. The RPO doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a running quarterback. There's not necessarily always a ton of running plays off of it. But it gives the quarterback options to be able to to, to hand the ball off, to throw it. And I think that's what we want to see is we want to see that opened up a little bit for Justin Fields. And I think that's what we're going to see out of Getty's offense. So I'm really excited. I think this is a good fit. Not to mention any time that a coach from a division rival comes in, you already have a little bit of a leg up on the old squad. So I'm sure practicing against that defense week in and week out is definitely going to give them a little bit of a heads up as well. Uh, yeah, it's exciting for Justin Fields' owner. So, I mean, would you consider here, I mean, are all these guys buys in Dynasty? David Montgomery, Justin Fields, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney? Um, I mean, I think I think obviously Cole Komet, yes, just because age and, and the fact that, you know, he's in a breakout range, I think, for the tight ends there. And and Montgomery as well, because I think they're going to want to lean on him to bring along the, the young quarterback, like you were talking, a lot of RPOs that I would imagine a lot of them are going to, convert into running plays um, just to kind of open things up for the passing game a bit. So I think he's going to get a lot of work. Um, Darnell Mooney, I mean, I think he's a nice player. I don't know that he's going to ever be a number one. So I don't know that I'm like running out to buy him, but uh, those other two players for sure. Uh, What range, Garrett, would you give up? Obviously, it takes a first-round pick to get David Montgomery. Like how high are you going for David Montgomery? Because I would consider – Right after those top three running backs go, if I can, if I need a running back, I don't have a a, a problem giving up pick one six, one seven, one eight for David Montgomery with his youth, youth with the potential of a contract extension. Definitely goes out and balls out this year. And like how Matt said, they're likely they're likely to lean on him with that RPO action. And we saw how viable he is in the passing game. 
Um, how high, like how, what's the most you'd give up? Say this is called a first round pick. Cause if you approach the Montgomery owner from a draft capital standpoint, it's taking a first to get him. Like what's True. the, what, what, what are you talking here? Yeah, and, and once again, to clarify, this would definitely be a contending move. I wouldn't recommend Correct. this type of thing in, in a rebuild or middle of the road. But, you know, if I'm a contending team and, you know, my RB2 or even my RB3 situation isn't ideal and I, I need to beef up that position a little bit, I think you mentioned it. I think you're about right. If I'm in a super flex league, I'm looking at right around that 1-6, 1-7 range uh, for, for a player in David Montgomery that – I don't necessarily expect him to have three, four more seasons, but give me two more solid seasons. Uh, We've seen him be a running back one in the past, so we know that's in the range of outcomes. We expect this to be a better offense, but anytime you have a a change in offensive coordinator system, you truly don't know how it's going to affect them, but all signs point to this being good for David Montgomery overall. So I think he's a a good contending move, and I think that's right. I think right about that 1-6, 1-7 range because you're looking at probably the second or third quarterback right in there, uh, or you're looking at maybe the second or third at one of the other key positions like running back or wide receiver. So we're talking – Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Walker, Jamison Williams, uh, maybe Kenny Pickett, uh, Matt Corral, something like that. So those are those are names that would kind of be available there. All of those guys have upside, but all of those guys are far from a sure thing being a lock. So if I'm a contender, give me that guy that I feel very confident that he's going to get the workload and, and produce for your fantasy team. Would you would you pay it? Are you as a you contender? I would be willing as to pay contender? right around one seven. Yeah. Matt, one seven. I offer. Would you pay it? Yeah, definitely. On a contender, I would do that. Me too. Pretty easily. So that's a buy. Yep. All right. Who's well, the next? What, coach what if talk- it got to one four? What if the guy pushed it to one four? Would you be willing in to buy in a super then? flex? Yeah. No, because I think there there'll be. I, I I'm thinking like, I would want to see who's there because there's a possibility there's a quarterback I might like there. A guy like Malik Willis could possibly there. Obviously, the NFL draft's going to shake all the quarterbacks up a little bit. Sure. I want to see how many go in the first round. And then I don't know. I want. I, I haven't done. I'm not done with all my film study here on these running back classes. But right now, like I would say, I'd want Brees Hall. Like I want these. I want these rookies on these rookie contracts at running back. Right. So that's just I how agree. I play. Totally, so I'd rather totally take those guys and yeah. see where they land. I mean, if I get a guy like Isaiah Spiller in the right situation, I mean, yep. it, what if Isaiah Spiller ends up in Miami? If, my, if Isaiah Spiller ends up in Miami and Brees Hall ends up on whether team needs a running back Buffalo, like I'm taking Isaiah Spiller possibly 1-1 over even Brees Hall. And I, well, that's just tough because, you know, Josh Allen would take away some of those goal line carriers from Brees Hall. But, I mean, we, we know the history. We're going to talk about Mike McDaniels in the show at some point of, of what he gets out of his running backs. Like, that that's when – I, when I play fist, fantasy, you know, from an analytical side, like I like to look at past seasons and where that those statistics come from. And – one thing we've seen for sure, like out of Miami, is with Mike McDaniel's run game, is he consistently provides us a high-end fantasy football running back. So, to me, giving up David Montgomery for a chance to get a guy like that who's got the fresh rookie legs and a better situation, I'd, I'd be a little bit more hesitant. That's why I'm feeling even more comfortable that one six one seven range because yep, I know for too. sure a one seven, even in a super flex league, those guys won't be there, right? If Brees Hall goes to Buffalo, and Isaiah Spiller goes to Miami. 
even in the Superflex League, those guys won't be there at 1-7. They're going to go ahead of uh, Trey Burks. They're going to go ahead of Garrett Wilson. Some of these receivers are going to land in situations that might not be as ide- ideal. Cleveland's going to draft a receiver most likely at 13. And when one of those guys go there, even though he's picked 13, it's probably not the most ideal situation for a fantasy football receiver at this point. So... To me, I'm right with I'm I'm standing right where we said originally, Garrett, like right around one six, one seven, um, as 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 it stands today. Obviously, after the NFL draft and everything, it's going to change, but sure. even then, you're more likely to get pushed down because now the rookie fever is taking full effect, and you've had to draft, you've had to combine, and you're in love with these. And the number one player going to get bu- bu- bumped up in all of these superflex drafts is going to be the quarterbacks. So, yeah, right around one seven for a contender. Um, for David Montgomery. Matt, who's next? All right, so our next new head coach is the head coach of the Broncos, um, Nathaniel Hackett, coming over from Green Bay as uh, he was the offensive coordinator there, offensive coordinator there last year. And his new offensive coordinator is Justin Outen, who is also from Green Bay, tight ends coach. Um, it's going to be Hackett calling the plays, so he's really the guy that we got to be concerned about from a fantasy standpoint. Um, and his his past, I, I didn't realize went back quite so far, but he was actually a guy that um, started, got in the league with John Gruden back in Tampa Bay, like 2006. And then, yeah. and then from there, he, he kind of latched on with Doug Marone and followed him around the NFL for a while. And, and really, he was offensive coordinator there in Jacksonville when Doug Marone got elevated to, you know, intern head coach and then the real head coach there. Um, but then he was he was canned. Um, Nathaniel Hackett was canned like mid-year, kind of as a move to save, I think, Doug Marone's own butt. And then he ended up the, the following year kind of latching on there um, in Green Bay with Matt LaFleur. So he's been there ever since, I, I think, 2019, I believe. Um, so... Yeah, it's 2019, he, 20, he, he got that job. Yeah, so, you know, it's it, his offense, obviously, he wasn't the guy calling the plays. It's Lafleur. Um, so, it, you know, what we have to glean from that, I'm not sure. I'm We're hoping that he's bringing the running game and all that kind of stuff, you know, from the from Lafleur's slash Shanahan slash whoever else is in that same tree. <laughs> Gary Kubiak slash Mike Kubiak, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Slash, you know, it goes back quite a way. Um so, you know, the Broncos right now, it's kind of a big question mark as to who their quarterback's going to be. Obviously, they're set at running back and, and all the wide receivers. Yeah, they um, they've got a ton of weapons, but they really need to fill in that number one position. And that's going to be you know, Nathaniel Hackett's biggest task, you know. And that's why I think a lot of people are kind of linking Aaron Rodgers with the Broncos just because they have they – have, the room they have the cap money they have 40 million you know nathaniel hackett's obviously coming right there from green bay so you know it's somebody that aaron Rodgers will be very familiar with i will see if it happens um and until then i think we're kind of in a little bit of a holding pattern as far as what to expect from some of these players but you know it, it's it's at least a good system and i'm excited for all the players that are in it right now I, i'll be more excited once i know who the quarterback is though yeah, I mean this is pretty. This is about as clear as your guys, both your guys, 4K cameras over there. Like, I mean, it's just crystal clear. You guys look great. And to me, this is a, a, a definitely an obvious move to try to lure Aaron Rodgers over, right? This is offensive coordinator. But I think the concern there kind of stops with what quarterback they're going to bring in there because you mentioned Matt, like he has a history going back, like when he was with Buffalo and Jaguars. Like he did a pretty good job with those quarterbacks. I mean, he had. Um, 
He had Kyle Orton with the Bills, and that team, I think, went to the playoffs. He had Blake Bortles when Blake Bortles was actually like, wow, they almost got to the Super Bowl. That was, that was, that was when all they, behind. they went to that AFC Championship game, yeah, with Bortles. Yeah, that was all behind Nathaniel Hackett. So this is a guy who has molded some quarterbacks to get some really solid play with them. Um, he's, he's a guy who likes to run the football a lot, too. I mean, look what he did there with uh, – Aaron Jones and A. Gillen turned into solid running backs. And this is a guy, when he was with the offensive coordinator, even with the Bills and the Jags, and he did those good things with the quarterbacks and they, they played well, he heavily ran the ball. He was, I think I saw stay here, his offense finished in this, inside the top two in NFL in rushing temps and yards with the Jags multiple times and with the Bills here. So he was number, this is a number guy, one in 2017. That was with Leonard Fournette. He was number one in attempts and number one in yards. So I think the biggest move here is you hope if you own Javante Williams that Aaron Rodgers does not go to Denver <laughs> because if he does not go to Denver, Javante Williams literally has a potential to be Jonathan Taylor this year. That he could be almost he, could, he has a potential to be running back one. Um, even if they bring back a guy like Melvin Gordon to to play with Javante Williams, I think Javante Williams would still have the potential to be number one, depending on what quarterback they bring there. Now there's a lot of options, a lot of things out in the air out here. They might have to settle even in a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. But again, you know, that all bodes well, unless they bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers, I think Javante Williams is really in a position here to dominate the, the running back landscape in 2022. Not saying he's going to be running back one overall. I just think he's going to be in that conversation. You know, barring health, because obviously with running backs, it's always health. You know, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, these guys are up there no matter what. But I think he has an opportunity as well to flirt with those numbers. So that's a big move here. I like the way he runs the football a ton. Um, you mentioned Matt LaFleur has been, he calls the plays, but Hackett's got enough history here to show that he can make an offense work in the NFL at a high level. And we all know the Broncos have a ton of weapons here on in the offense. So I'm really intrigued here. Obviously, the quarterback is everything, and everything comes off of that because obviously if Aaron Rodgers goes there, you know, Cortland Sutton is going to be dynasty gold, right? Sure. You know, Noah Fant's going to look really good out here. And even Javante Williams will be fine. And if he doesn't, I think the quarterback he does bring in will do – like if Jimmy Garoppolo goes there, for example, I think Jimmy G could be quarterback 14 uh, in this offense. And I think Javante Williams, the, the thing is guys, you can't trade for Javante Williams. No, nope. like nobody's selling Javante Williams. He's going to cost you a couple kids, L a couple sandwiches, like literally up those sandwiches. Literally. I'm in a league where, you know, in sleeper, you have the opportunity to be able to like give nicknames to players underneath their thing. So somebody in one of the very few leagues I don't have Javante Williams because it was a startup this year and I just wasn't willing to pay the cost to get him. Uh, but somebody put his nickname as untradeable. That was his nickname. So <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, because even when his offense is when they go to the football, if you look at what Nathaniel Hackett did in Green Bay, he was there for three seasons with the Packers and they threw the ball a ton, right? They threw the ball almost 60% of the time. But out of that 60%, 21% of those throws went to the running backs. Yep. So There's he is somebody that way. only he keeps those running backs involved in his offense somehow, some way. Well, so I think this even if Melvin Gordon stays, I still think that makes him like a mid range to low end running back too with that possibility out there. So I think he still holds value. Uh, and like Garrison and, and Javante Williams to the moon no matter what. I think this bodes really, really well 
for him and his future as a high-end dynasty running back. So I know you guys love to hear that from somebody who had yeah. Najee uh, really high. I, it'd be funny if he could – That'd be that's a, that's a good thing to monitor this year. Like, who will score more fantasy points, Najee Harris or Javante Williams? Because all the writing on the wall with Hackett is it's going to be Javante Williams. And then you guys would be like, oh, I told you, Rich, he was running back one all along. <laughs> but the I'm Steelers, like, oh, the Steelers yeah. are going to be breaking in a new quarterback also, though. You know, who knows? They're going to be interesting know. to see how that plays out. Very interesting. Well, so I'm well, excited. One more thing on, on Nathaniel Hackett. I mentioned before about the RPO offense with Getze, and you know that's going to be a big part of his offense too. While he was with Doug Marone, and uh, he was at Syracuse with Doug Marone, and we know Doug Marone is known for being kind of an offensive line guru. That's kind of his lane is really the offensive line. So I love that he spent a lot of time with Marone because I, I believe that he really understands blocking schemes and, and how to utilize them best for his players to have success. And uh, they were even running some, uh, we saw the Packers this past year, running a lot of duo block schemes, which is you know a little bit outside of what we normally talk about, but it's, it's great for the running backs, uh, long story short. Uh, but... While they were at Rutgers, Hackett was running the offense, and the first year, or not at Rutgers, at Syracuse, in the first year, the offense sucked. It was terrible, and granted, they don't get the best recruits at Syracuse. It's a basketball school, not a football school, uh, but the offense sucked, one of the one of the worst in the country. Uh, but the next year, they decided to go to almost a purely RPO offense, and this was one of the first major colleges that we had seen this at was there, and and. Hackett was instrumental in implementing that. And so once again, like both of these guys, Getsy and, and Hackett, I believe are going to do that a ton. And I think it's going to be really beneficial for their players. All right, let's get into the next guy we're going to talk about. We are not in Chicago, but maybe a former Chicago guy. We're going down now to Houston and Lovey Smith. Now, this was the the surprise hire of all of the hires because David Cully, for all intents and purposes, had a pretty decent season. Now, if you're solely just looking at the record, it wasn't a good season. But the expectations for the Texans were that they were going to far and away be the worst team in football last year. And that wasn't true. They won quite a few games, and they were in quite a few games with Mostly players you've never heard of, a lot of retread guys that should be in AARP commercials. Like this was not a team built for success. But yeah, Cully did really well. But doesn't matter. He's out the door. He's gone. They bring in the defensive coordinator, Lovey Smith. Uh, Lovey Smith has bounced all over the place. We know his most success was in Chicago. But the important part is that they're bringing in Pep Hamilton as the offensive coordinator now. Pep Hamilton was already with this team, but he was the quarterback's coach last year. So now he's moving into the offensive coordinator role where he's going to really get to put his fingerprint on this team. We've seen him be successful in grooming young quarterbacks before, and we we saw the kind of a little bit surprising success of Davis Mills. Now, I was a fan of his coming out of college, but even I wouldn't have guessed that he would have been as successful as he was with this terrible team in his first season, but we saw a lot of good success there. And Pep Hamilton has gone from being, you know, kind of this quarterbacks guy to, you know, now elevated offense coordinator. And there were teams that were wanting to interview him potentially as a head coach already. So this is actually a sneaky good offense. And they're finally starting to recoup some of that draft capital that they had lost for so many seasons. So 
keep an eye out for this offense, but what do you guys think about what's going on in Houston? I would love to know the true story behind this because, you know, the report, uh, David Culley was fired like a day or two after Black Monday, and the report was that the reason he was fired because they wanted him to change his coaching staff, and he refused to, so they let him go. Then they just hire their defensive coordinator who hires their quarterback coach to be their offensive coordinator, and they keep the same coaching staff, which is crazy because Lovey Smith, you know, the Texans' offense was somewhat surprising last year, and it kind of won them some games. The defense was terrible. And guess who ran the defense? Lovey Smith. Um, and I know he took the Bears to the Super Bowl. He was the Bears Super uh, coach from 2004 to 2014, went to the Super Bowl. He was the Bucks head coach for 2014 to 2015. But this is a guy, when you look at him, that has not had a winning season when he even was in college or the NFL since 2012. It's been a decade since this guy had a winning season in the NFL. I mean, his, his record's 43-77. and 77. Um, it, it, It's just not very good. He, he saw a terrible defense when he was the – the head coach, his team never ran the ball uh, through the ball. They're they're a solid run team, but like you mentioned Pep Hamilton is the only thing saving grace here for me for the Houston Texans. This is a guy who did wonders for Davis Mills last year. Kind of makes Davis Mills to me. I'm really curious about what they do at quarterback. And now that Pep Hamilton has some say into it, and Lovey Smith has some say. I was real worried if they brought in a whole new coaching staff, but now that that staff remains the same, and Pep Hamilton is the offensive coordinator. I can't imagine this being a high destination for quarterbacks. There's a good chance that Davis Mills is the starting quarterback for the 2022 Houston Texans, and he looked pretty good. Probably one of the best buys you could make in the Superflex League right now because, one, he's not going to cost you a ton of money. And I know it, I know this would be a risky maneuver, but if you're in a Superflex League and you're playing with that 111, 112-2-1, as this starts to play out, and once I get a little bit more of a footing on that Davis Mills is the guy, I would probably be buying him here because he showed me enough last year where the upside in Superflex is worth it. Definitely with Pep. And Pep's done a lot of good, good work with quarterbacks over the last two years. Remember, in 2020, he was there helping Justin Herbert develop into the superstar he is. And then he goes to Houston, and what does he do? He leaves Justin Herbert, works with Davis Mills, makes Davis Mills a very solid quarterback in himself. So to me, Pep Hamilton gives me enough um, encouragement. I don't know what weapons are going to have out there besides Brandon Cooks, honestly, but at least I know that he can develop the quarterback a little bit. So we don't know who the running back is going to be. We know Rex Burkhead is there. That doesn't get my juices flowing. I went a little bit from midnight to 6 o'clock. Um, and... They have Brandon Cooks. So to me, the number one buy here in Houston is Davis Mills. And I don't necessarily want to give a first-round pick for him, but I would love to find a player on my roster that maybe in the dynasty community is a little bit more adored than I want to him. You know, like I, it was just Valentine's Day, and I gave him a lot of cards. Maybe some of that, you know, I gave my least favorite card to. Um, give it up that kind of guy. I think Davis Mills could be had. I don't think he's ex- – especially cheap as the footing becomes more secure. Obviously that price tag is going up. So when I say late first, it, I know it's, it does sound crazy saying, Oh, give up a late first for Davis mills. But once we know he's locked in as the quarterback, I mean, what's the price tag you're paying for a young quarterback in the NFL on a team. Now he, he can easily be passed up in the NFL draft. He can easily be passed up in 2023. But again, if you want a young quarterback, 
the time is to get onto there when the price is cheap because once they take a step forward, a la a guy like Justin Jeff, uh, or Justin Herbert, or a, even just show me enough like a guy like Justin Fields, that price tag just skyrockets. So if you have a player on your roster or uh, you know, preferably like a running back you don't love because offering somebody a running back for a guy like Davis Mills, that's that's more than likely going to get a deal done. That's the direction I'm looking at the Texans this year with Pep Hamilton being there. Once I see that they don't trade for Garoppolo or something along those lines, he's the number one buy for Houston for me in a super flex league. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. It's, you know, if you look back at his history, you know, it, it really started with Andrew Luck. That's when he kind of yeah. took off. And that was in yep. college. That was at Stanford. He was a quarterback's coach there at Stanford. And then he followed him to Indianapolis, um, you know, once once Andrew Luck went on, went on to the NFL, you know, it's been you know Andrew Luck. It's 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 been like you said, Justin um, Justin Herbert. And then this past year, he got a lot out of Davis Mills. This was a guy that was a, a late round, later round draft pick that people weren't like, eh, you know, no one was super high on. Everyone thought he was a maybe a, a good pro ready type of guy, but maybe he didn't have a ton of upside. But he showed pretty well. So I think I think Davis Mills right now with the Pep Hamilton being the offensive coordinator is kind of the guy I would go after because there's no one else in that offense really to hang your hat on at all. <laughs> so um, <laughs> what, what out? I'm going after Davis Mills. Richie's the only guy there to go. Well, <laughs> hey, Brandon Cooks is a great buy I, for, for yes, our contending he team. He, he is for sure. Well, obviously, if you like Davis Cook, Davis Mills, you got like Brandon Cooks. He's got to throw the football. <laughs> there's to really somebody. nobody else. Yeah. Hey, honestly, too, another guy who I'm very interested in there, too, is Nico Collins. Like, I sure. still like Nico Collins. I think he flashed last He's, year before that shoulder injury that banged him up, too. So I think... I think Nico Collins is a buy. I think Brandon Cooks is a buy. And, and I think Davis Mills are a buy for Houston. And Brevin Jordan, too. I think we mentioned and, it. Oh, and Brevin Jordan yeah. showed strong there, too, at the we, end We mentioned well. it a yeah, few podcasts back. So it's going to be, I think, a young cast, and, and we'll see how they come along. But Pepe Hamilton, you know, he does good things with quarterbacks. I think that's kind of his track record. So we'll, we'll see going <laughs> Speaking forward. Speaking of uh, – Brevin Jordan, I've been trying like I've been, you know, this is my favorite time from here until forever until the season started. I just like throwing out tons of dynasty traits. It's just my, it's what I like to do. It's what makes dynasty fun. I need that flow. I need that action. And I've been, I've been looking for Brevin Jordan owners like, and I've been trying to get him as a throw in, you know. And uh, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm duck, duck hunting. Well, boom, boom. if you can't get him there, down. a great place to get him, Rich, would be on predictionstrike.com. Oh, yeah. If you can head over there and buy up, maybe just buy up most of the Houston Texans offense because there's really nowhere else for them to go but up. Uh, so if anything, it's going to be cheap and there's a lot of upward momentum possible there. But you can go to predictionstrike.com. You can download their app. Beautiful website. Beautiful app for iOS. You can buy, sell, hold shares of players just like you would real actual stocks uh the value changes based on game performance but also who is buying and who is selling these guys if you go there and you use the promo code dynasty you get a free share of a player with your first deposit of 20 dollars or more that's right free share absolutely free we love free with your first deposit of 20 dollars or more use the promo code dynasty to get on on the in on the action at predictionstrike.com yeah, Davis Mills can't call it much on there. Get on that uh, action. So moving on next year, let's talk about Doug Peterson for the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is one of the uh, head coaches that really got me excited from a, a dynasty output standpoint. I'm really, really excited for 
Trevor Lawrence owners. You know, if you drafted Trevor Lawrence one one, if you gave up the file, uh, farm form like Rob Wozniak did, you know, hey, sorry, Rob. You know, good trade for me, not not so good trade for you. Possibly, we'll know, we'll find out. But this year is a good good year for uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars fantasy football owners. I think it's there's two players that I'm three players I'm really excited about here. Trevor Lawrence because Doug Peterson has thrown the ball historically 60% of the time. Like he throws the football a ton. I and mean, he's this guy who has an offense that were top 12 in scoring in all four of his first seasons there in Philadelphia. So he likes to throw the football a ton. He made Carson Wentz look good. And we all know Carson Wentz isn't that good now. So look, he, he was a little mirage filler out there. But we know he likes to throw the football a ton. And he really likes to target the tight ends a, a lot as well. Like he was, a, he heavily targeted the tight ends out here. He threw the ball sixty percent of the time. Now under his offenses, he would throw the football about seventeen percent of the time to the running backs. But what look, what I really get excited about here is the combination of him and their offensive coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter. Man, you remember Ooh. Jim Bob Cooter down there from the Detroit Lions? I sure do. Man, Jim Bob Cooter used to get that football there. Don't used to do. He used to love to throw that He's football to those running backs, too. So he throw that football to those running backs. And I know they just tried to throw those running backs that like to catch those footballs. And his name was Travis Etienne. First round, uh, former roommate of Trevor Lawrence. Lose my little uh, Jim Bob Cooter. He probably doesn't even talk like that, but I can't help myself. Um <laughs> You know, Jim Jim Bob Cooter in Detroit, like he really liked to target the uh, the running backs in the passing game. And I know Doug Peterson loves to run the combo running back. So he's going to use James Robinson and Travis Etienne here. So I think those two guys are going to kind of eat into each other from a ground standpoint. I think it lowers the value of Etienne from that outlook. And I think it certainly hurts James Robinson, who's, who's a must-sell for me um in dynasty but i think this is really good news for travis Etienne and whatever tight end i don't know if it's gonna be dan arnold but whatever tight end i would not be surprised with how much money they have if they make a run at like a guy like mike kosicki right they need more weapons for trevor lawrence mike kosicki's that big athletic mm-hmm. tight end if kosicki ends up in jacksonville he's a strong buy for me like over like what might seem like overpay today is underpay tomorrow because Peterson loves to target the tight ends. Like he just, he's 32% of his targets would go to the tight end there. It's why Zach Ertz under Peterson finishes a top five tight end every single year. So throwing the ball 60% of the time with a, a, a well established quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, like the sky's the limit here for these weapons. I'm out on James Robinson and I know I've been out every single year, but this like looking at the statistics of what Jim Bob Cooter does and what Doug Peterson does really seems like they're going to eat into each other enough. I'm really excited for Travis Etienne and his pass catching ability. I think they're going to run a lot of RPO here in Jacksonville as well. And I, and I want the tight end. I don't know what quarterback's going to be. Uh, the receiver is going to be, maybe they re-sign DJ shark, which I, again, I would love it. Cause they're going to push the ball downfield. They're going to throw the football a ton. I think there's a lot of optimism here in Jacksonville for some really good bargains in your dynasty leagues. Again, I'm flipping James Robinson, but I don't think the price tag's cheap on Travis Etienne, but I think he could still be bought. Obviously, the price tag is not cheap on Trevor Lawrence, but certainly cheaper than it was this time last year in Superflex. I have an actual trade that I just recently completed for for, uh, Trevor Lawrence, if you want to hear it. Oh, you know my ears are dripping with uh, curiosity. Dripping. Uh, All right, so this is, I mean, if it's going to be a Trevor Lawrence trade, it's going to be a big boy trade. Uh, I gave up. I got my pants on. I gave up Najee Harris, the only share I had. Gave up Najee Harris. David Montgomery and Rashad Bateman, more of a rebuild team. 
I got in return Trevor Lawrence, a first in 2022, which ended up being 1-6, a first in 2023, and a second in 2023. Wow. Where's... Yeah, that bottle. I mean, that bottle of lube has to be empty. You got to hold it up. It's got to be empty for how much you slapped on those butt cheeks. Um, because you really, uh, what a deal for you. Yeah, I mean, you're giving up. You're giving up Najee Harris, which sure. okay. I mean, I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence than Najee Harris. Short, yeah, super flex, short right? term, right? Yeah, is it super flex here? This is super flex. Yep. Yeah, it's got to be. Wow. Yep, and what I got two firsts. One of them being one six, one in twenty three, and then a then a second in twenty three. So yeah, felt good about it. And and those were all players I liked. You know, I I thought Najee Harris obviously shorter window, but still we're expecting another top ten season from him next year. Uh, David Montgomery not that far behind, just a little bit older. And you know, Rashad Bateman is a guy that I'm a fan of. I know you know people question the offense and whatnot, but if these like wild rumors about Marquise Brown are true, his value did go up. So. Uh, we'll see. Well, there you have it. I mean, that, that Garrett just showed you, like, the value of those good hot name running backs, right? Like, yep. th- these are trades I love to make for running backs because, one, you got one six. You're immediately filling that running back hole, like immediately at one six. And then you get Trevor Lawrence, uh, a, a, a very highly looked at quarterback that offers a ton of upside, who has now had, comes has a head coach that's going to come in and throw the ball an absolute ton. So – Good deal for you. I think now's the time to trade for Trevor Lawrence because there's still not enough around him. Like every move they make from free agency on this team has a ton of money is going to increase the value of Trevor Lawrence. So they sign a guy like Mike Kosicki, the value is going to go because everybody's going to talk about like all these stats about what Doug Peterson's done for the tight ends in his offense what they could do, it's it's gonna come out. So everything you're gonna you're gonna see here, because with his offense, this is a guy where he's produced in Philadelphia with Wentz. Wentz was quarterback four, ten, twenty-one. Um his running backs at the time, I mean, this is Miles Sanders' best year. So I mean Miles Sanders under Doug Peterson in twenty nineteen, he was running back thirteen, running back twenty two in uh twenty twenty. But even this is year where he got Darren Sproles as like a high-end running back three, like just missing a running back two. But again, his his tight ends there were the bread and butter, top five, top three, all three years there. So I think Trevor Lawrence is a solid buy now. And I think it's weird. I'm I'm not going to say go buy Travis Etienne because I don't know what that price tag is going to be. It's probably not what you want to pay. But if you can get a deal like what Garrett did there all day, I mean, all day on Trevor Lawrence, um, I love these down years or – years that you didn't get the Justin Herbert years or these star center. I think, I think the fact that we've been spoiled a little bit with some of these quarterbacks in a rookie year that the guys that don't come out and light up year one really opens the door for some value to be had. And like you said, Trevor Lawrence ain't cheap. You gave up David Montgomery, you gave up Rashad Bateman, you gave up Najee Harris, but you equally, equally, I mean, you essentially got three firsts back for all those players. Right. In a super flex league. So, and I think Trevor Lawrence by himself, you essentially got four because Trevor Lawrence, no matter what, is worth two first at the bare minimum right now. So I love that trade. And I think, I think that even gets me more excited about my leagues where I thought like, okay, what kind of offer I could put together for Trevor Lawrence? Like, give up some of those running backs. I think that opens up the door a little bit more for me to get 
a little bit more freaky deeky with it, you know, like, hey, where's where's my bottle of lube at? So what do you see for other guys that are still there? I know they have a lot. They have a hole there, I think, at the wide receiver position, a pretty big one. But they still do have Marvin Jones. They still have Jamal Agnew. They, they've got a guy, you know, LaVisca Chenault, that people are at least intrigued by. Do you see any of those guys as, as pieces? Because I feel like Jamal Agnew last year showed well, but I think he was a guy that – really fit the system for urban Meyer. I don't know that he fits a Doug Marone system. Like, how do you guys feel about any of those guys? And I knew, I know I knew got hurt and he was looking really good before he got hurt. We thought we discussed him in depth, like early in the season. Cause they, he was having a really good year yeah. and they got hurt. Marvin Jones at this point, in his career, it, it doesn't excite me. I think, I think Peterson's going to shake it up a little bit. A lot of those guys, again, LaVisca Chanel, I've never been a fan of his from a fancy football standpoint and he falls right in the line of those players like oh now like everybody's all like wait for this wait for that but it's already been multiple years and he's done exactly what I thought he would do in the NFL like just be a gadget player that can help an NFL team but never be good enough to really take your dynasty team to where it needs to go I think this is an offense that the running game is fine they have to put they saw they listen Matt, they had those weapons around Trevor Lawrence last year and it made him look like a bag of dog poo and there's only the one thing you do with bags of dog poo you throw them in the in the bin no you light right? it you, you, light, them on, you light, light them on fire you light them on fire and throw them on somebody's you doorstep. put them on the doorstep okay. come on rich you're right <laughs> there's not just one thing you do with dog poo but still the big thing here is you're the burn it down. You're getting far as away from you, you as possible. So I think what they need to do with Trevor Lawrence is they need to surround him with weapons. They have to revamp that room. And of course, LaVisca Schultz will still be there, but he will just be like the third ch- choice in the option. They need to get him a, vi- a viable tight end. Maybe it's going to be Dan Arnold. We don't know. Um, but they got to get him a number one receiver. And I think they got to get him a better tight end. So to me, I don't think any weapon there at all excites me it's not anything i want to trade for well um if i can get anything for lavisca chanel i am selling it you might be able to get a high-end second for lavisca chanel to me all day one player to keep an eye on especially because there's a lot of question marks around him because of his health and then he didn't play great this season uh they could easily reunite him with his former top wide receiver justin ross in the draft there's a lot of other good receivers in the draft could take a tight end. So they have the draft capital to get some of these good young assets. And I have a feeling they're going to want to build that way more so than anything else. But there's still very real possibility of a Chris Godwin coming to town or, a, you know, uh, Allen Robinson coming back or, you know, one of these bigger name free agents to to jump in and, and mess things up as well. So I think they're going to be very active overall between the draft and potentially in free agency. If I'm busting out the crystal balls, I'm th- I think their one big splash is going to be Mike Kosicki. It just, it just that would be they awesome. Need, they need that, and it would make Mike Kosicki a huge buy. Um, good luck at that point, but maybe start flirting now with that options. I mean, wherever Mike Kosicki is getting paid, no matter what, right? So or Zach Ertz is going to come back in. You're just going to have him bridge for a year or two. Yeah, hey, he's been an offense pretty well. I think it's exciting for Jacksonville. Yep. I think it's exciting for Trevor Lawrence, and I'm glad you were able to make that trade, uh, Garrett, because that's yes. that's a it's a phenomenal trade, and those are kind of moves I think you want to make right now. All right, so moving on, our last head coach um, here for the free show um, is the uh, I almost called them the Oakland Raiders. Jeez, the Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders, Josh McDaniels. You know, coming over from New England. 
I mean, I think we we kind of know what what they do. They're going to want to run the heck out of the ball. They they got they brought a guy in called Mick Lombardi as the offensive coordinator. Not to Cut be me, Mick. Not to be confused with Mike Lombardi or Mick the boxing guy. Um, Mick <laughs> Lim, Mick Lombardi. Um, so I mean, I think you know Josh McDaniels has shown that he when he needs to run the ball, he's going to run the ball. When he needs to pass the ball, he's going to pass the ball. It's a very multiple offense, um, but they are very run heavy i think is where their base is um so you know i'm i'm really excited for obviously josh um josh jacobs there because i think he's going to get a ton of usage they do have yes. kenya and drake as well mm-hmm. um who i think will get involved in the passing game that is kind of his specialty whenever he's not injured um is is to get involved in the passing game a bit so you know those two guys in particular uh, i think are going to do really well i think hunter renfrew is a shoe in in this system and obviously darren waller they know how to use a tight end that can move so these guys they're they're established guys that are there i think are are all kind of got to get an uptick here in, in this new josh mcdaniel's offense uh, as far as free agents and, and signing quarterbacks to extensions, who knows? Uh, you know, that's going to be kind of a does Josh McDaniels, you know, want Derek Carr there long term? If so, they're going to sign they're going to sign him to a, a deal. And, and you know, they've got twenty one million dollars worth of cap space, so they're not hurting by any means. Uh, so they can get something like that done, and probably sign a wide receiver if that's something that they're interested in. So. A um, lot, I think, to do, uh, but they've got a lot of established pieces that I think are, are kind of arrow pointing up by, as far as I can see. Yeah, all signs they want to re-sign Derek Carr. That's all the reports coming out of Las Vegas right now, which is really good for Derek Carr. He finished as a top 12 fantasy football quarterback this past year. And Matt mentioned all those players to me. Um, I think this signing bodes well for every single one of them. You know, Matt, he, he, he did really well. Obviously, Cam Newton was a big flop, but that was Cam Newton. But even last year, Mac Jones comes in. He's 25th in the league, but they were really efficient with Mac Jones. I mean, they were 14th overall in passing yards. So it shows, even though that he wasn't putting up all the yards um, or the big numbers, he was being really efficient with the football. And Derek Carger did that to a next level. You mentioned, Matt, the running game. Beyond excited for Josh Jacobs to finally maybe break this mold of being an undervalued dynasty fantasy football running back. We've said on this show multiple times for multiple years that Josh Jacobs, he he never gets the respect he deserves in dynasty. Like it's, and maybe it's because the Raiders have not helped with that. Like the pass regime is constantly bringing guys in like Kenyon Drake and paying him good money and trying to take the passing game away from him. Josh McDaniels relies on that go-to running back, right? This is an offense where he comes in and they run the football. He consistently is in the top 10 in rushing to touchdowns for the last 10 years if you look at josh mcdaniel's offense they've been in the top 10 in rushing touchdowns they've been in the top 12 every year in rushing yards so this is a team that's going to come in and run the football and this really benefits josh jacobs what else does he do he throw the, the offense loves to target the tight ends a big strong athletic tight end they got the end darren waller look for a rebound year probably open some really good value and Darren Waller from this past year that he's had, people might think the age and the production they saw last year equals a wash in Dan- Darren Waller. Very good chance that he rebounds and finishes as a top three fantasy football tight end. Hunter Renfro, Renfro finishes as a wide receiver one this year. Top 10 fantasy football wide receiver. Bodes really well that slot position in Josh McDaniels' offense and what they want to do. Short and sweet. Again, 
not not a big time passer, but really efficient passing game. Josh Jacobs looking to me for a big boost. Darren Waller looking for a rebound year. It's going to be really hard for Hunter Renfro to finish as a top 10 fantasy receiver again because they're going to need that big body receiver on the outside, whether it be a big guy like Brian Edwards, who we love to redevelop or bring in a guy. I think those three weapons, including Derek Carr in Superflex, but we've said Derek Carr was a Superflex buy throughout the whole season. For a couple I think seasons. all buys. <laughs> I'm not buying, yeah, I'm not buying Hunter Renfro. Um, Just too expensive. I think the value's there, but like there's a little bit more mystery. I'm absolutely buying Darren Waller. I think there's a discount, and if you're in tight end premium league, I think I think whatever you pay today will be an underpay. And I'm all in on Josh Jacobs this year, like all in. I think he's gonna do enough to get a contract extension after this year as well. I think there's a ton of running backs that you could flip equally for Josh Jacobs. Um, and if you're starting to get, if you if you really want to go after him, and you want to start throwing some draft capital on there. I think there's some guys out there today where I'm more than willing to. Hey, I'll give you this player in my first for Josh Jacobs in your second mm-hmm. along those lines. That's that's kind of move. I think these once you start throwing first round picks at them, I think it's a really good get people really excited. So I've had some running backs that that are in the back end of those trades. If there's if there's if there's a guy like can I get and I know he's, he holds really value low value now, so it's a bad example. But a guy like Kamara. Can I flip him for Josh Jacobs? You know, some of those lines. Um, Which I, th- if I, I think flip- you could, honestly, based on some of the values I've seen. Uh, Josh Jacobs is still continually getting disrespected. A guy that's going as RB19, 20, 21 off the board. Uh, I, I think, and especially once we start adding in these rookies, that's only going to be lower. I would love if I had Derrick Henry, which I have zero shares of. Like, if, if I could flip Derrick Henry for Josh Jacobs and a first. And say, and like, say the Derrick Henry team was a playoff team because he carried them there that far. Um, and I'm flipping, if I can get Josh Jacobs in 1-9 for Derrick Henry, like, do you think that would that would ride in some leagues? I, I do, for like how many people disrespect him. It might. I'm just looking at any, any of these older running backs, anybody that's on their second-year contract, um, and I know Josh Jacobs is about to sign one. Like I'm trying to make a move and add him to my roster. I know he's not going to be cheap, but he's probably one of the best best bang for your bucks in dynasty right now as a running back position because he's probably for the price tag of what you're going to pay he probably offers the highest upside and most likely to finish as a running back one in this offense yeah Yeah. it's the rush attempts you know i mean it's josh mcdaniels like you like you had mentioned i mean he's since 2016, he's been in the top 10 every single year except for one year, and that one year he was he was 11th overall in rush attempts. So it's it's crazy. He's going to be pounding the ball. So Josh Jacobs, I do agree, is going to be the biggest benefactor here. But those other guys are still going to be getting their stuff as well. So My only question is we've seen in the past, and I don't know if this is more to Bill Belichick, more to Josh McDaniels, more to Tom Brady. It's, it's hard to say, but they've seemed to always kind of have that one guy that's been the pass catching back. Do you think this is finally the time that we see Josh Jacobs be the three down back? Or do you think that either Drake or somebody else that they potentially bring in once again becomes like the passing down back? I think this is it. I think we finally see it. I think I we mean, we've see been it. asking I hope for so. it for four years now. If so, we're um, talking about top. Why aren't they throwing it to him? Top five type running back if he's going to get get the reception. I think well. that. I think that's. I think that's. The, I think that's a realistic opportunity here for a guy like you know. I, 
that that Aaron Jones type season, right? Where Aaron Jones was an efficient runner, but he really had that passing game to throw more of the top. I think that's what we're looking at for a healthy Josh Jacobs. I think you can get that kind of production, which makes him a massive buy for me. And I would, I would, if I'm listening to this podcast today, after I'm done listening, I'm going in, in my league, who owns Josh Jacobs? And do I have a path to getting him? And you know what, Rich, instead of going into your league, why don't you go into the dynasty GM and check and see who, who has him? Well, that's what I'm okay. Yeah, I should, I should reword word it. I'm going to the dynasty GM, <laughs> opening the trade calculator. I'm looking at those, you know, and that's the best thing about the GM too. Like, okay, who owns Josh Jacobs? Boom. This team owns Josh Jacobs because they go to player shares and I'll, you click on his player share. It's going to show you everybody who owns him in that league. Then I click on that player and go perform trade. Then before that, I'm going to go look at the league analyzer to look at that team. What does that team need exactly? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses compared to mine? And the GM will, and this is the best part about the GM. It's going to quickly navigate those answers for you. It's going to tell you, it's going to give you the clearest path for a trade. That's what is so great about the Dynasty GM. And again, I use that promo code uh, winter and you get 15% off. We talk about the film room, but the GM, I said earlier, once you get in there, you get an hours of fun on there, like to help navigate trades. And I think everybody should take the time and go make that move for Josh Jacobs and just put an offer that you feel comfortable with. Like, I'm not telling you to go out there and overpay for Josh Jacobs. I would probably be comfortable paying a slight overpay in today's market's eyes. Cause again, I feel like today an overpay day is an underpay tomorrow. That's where I feel like where he feels into that category. So to me, I think, I think you're doing yourself a disservice on what at least all three of us think here, what Josh Jacobs is going to do, that if you don't even at least try to make them, you're kind of doing yourself a, a disservice. I think out of all the guys we're talking about here today, I think outside of Trevor Lawrence, he'd be the number one guy I'd want to add to my rosters. Out of all the coaching staff people that we talked about, that's going to help me win a championship. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is most likely going to help you win a championship next year i think if you're looking for the number one player to help you win a championship next year that can be bought for the value i think it's going to be josh jacobs of the las vegas Raiders for the 2022 football season so i i was just trying to quickly look up some stats from um josh mcdaniel's time in denver and in 2009 um when he was there with denver notion moreno and uh coral buckhalter they kind of split carries um but there wasn't a defined passing uh back or and you know like a, a starting kind of two down thumper they both had around 30 receptions so and marino had more yardage you know more uh rushing sure. yardage almost hit almost a thousand yards rushing so i think you know history far back history albeit um when he was a head coach there in in uh denver he did have he did have a guy um, that kind of did everything. I think that was Notion Moreno, and then a second back that did everything as well. So it wasn't sure. like a defined one, you know, uh, a passing down back. So hopefully we'll see a little bit more of that as well here in Oak- uh, in Las Vegas, <laughs> Oakland. <laughs> Dang it! In, in Las Never Vegas, going to happen. Yep. That's so it. let me let's end on this. Say, super, say we'll go superflex. It's it's a predominant new way to play. What's the highest pick you give up for Josh Jacobs? We're going contender again, right? We're going contender. And so obviously any trade inside the top six is something you kind of traded for, lucked into. Sure. Um, or like... You just had a bunch of injuries, but you're way. actually a contender. So say you're a contender. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll flip this two ways. 
one, do you, yeah, you have any draft pick, what's the highest pick you'd give up for Josh Jacobs in a Superflex League? Because I'm probably going up there right around that four. Like, everything I said about David Montgomery, where I didn't feel comfortable with those other running backs, like, I feel a lot more comfortable with Josh Jacobs. Like, I wouldn't have a problem going, like, that five that five range. I was going to say, I, f- I feel like this is like we're sandwiching this whole conversation, right? We started off with the Bears and Montgomery. Now we're ending here with with um, another running back from the same class who we think was better then and I still think is better now. So, yeah, I think we started with seven. I would go up a couple picks, uh, probably five, and feel comfortable with that. Um, but not – super flat. Yeah, I think – no, I think five, only because Maybe again six. the quarterbacks. Six. I feel six, one spot high, <laughs> one boy, one spot high. One. Uh, okay, it, it all depends on where where I think Isaiah Spiller is going to end up because I think their value is very similar to me, uh, Josh Jacobs and Isaiah Spiller. So you know, yeah. if I think Isaiah Spiller is going to go around four. Then I would say that if I think he's going to go around six, I think it would be that. So I would maybe look at your league, who, where, where he's going to go, where he's going to get drafted. Uh, but but I think I think they have very similar value. Obviously, Spiller a little more so for a rebuild team, and and Josh Jacobs a little more so for a. Dude, contender. I got the player, I got the player, and his player his values already had the dip for all you lovers out there. But we said to sell the moment he came back. If you could flip Cam Akers for Josh Jacobs right now, hundred percent. All day, every day. I think it would too. All day, and it's I, close and I would for me, bet. Yeah, it's not close for me. Ten out of ten times, and again, this isn't even. I just, I don't think Cam Akers is a bad running back. I just don't know how efficient he's going to be. No. Um, I, I think ten out of ten times, if you own Cam Akers and you offer him the Josh Jacobs owner, the Jacob, the Jacobs owner would accept that. Almost ten out of ten times, nine and a half out of ten. Yep, probably I think with how so. Hot his name is right now. Probably so. And so, I, I don't. Think, and that's what I was trying to think of. I was trying to think of a running back that you could flip for yeah. him like pretty easily. Like obviously Derrick Henry, you want something back. Um, maybe you could flip David Montgomery equally for Josh Jacobs. But I think Cam Akers is the one that pops in my head, going, "Yeah, yeah, that deal will go through every well, time." I don't think Akers has looked particularly good in the playoffs. I mean, his yards per carry haven't been fantastic. No. Um, and, and granted, a lot of that can be on the offensive line too, but this isn't an offensive line that I expect to get better. We expect Andrew Wentworth to, to retire. Uh, Austin Corbett's a free agent, and they don't have a ton of money. so like It's always going to be throw first. Yeah, so I I don't know how this offensive line's better than this year, and I think it was just okay this year. And, you know, Akers was fine, but I don't think he was anything more than that. Yeah, he had like two good runs. And then the Super Bowl was one run in the second half where he moved the pile there to the end zone. Sure. You know, like, so to I me, mean, it's, it's almost like he tore his Achilles. Maybe <laughs> lost almost. a little bit of an explosion. That's, it just shows me more and more that this is the guy, like, you have to sell Acres this offseason. We said to sell him as soon as he came back because his, his value was so high. People were, like, bumping him up to the second round startup grades. I just found you guys a player. If you own Acres, trade him for Josh Jacobs. Thank me in twenty then of twenty twenty two as you get ready to dominate the twenty twenty three season. That's it. You guys have anything else to uh shill out here before we move on to the nerd episode? Talk about some Mike McDaniel for the Miami Dolphins. That's that's exciting. I don't have anything else, man. Nope. We're good. All right, we'll be back next week. Next week we're gonna start talking um, a little pre combine action. We haven't done this in a while. We're gonna give you our top ten dynasty players at each position. We're gonna do uh running backs next week for this show and then do court tight ends uh quarterbacks for the nerd show 
kind of break it down where we each stand in our rankings uh, and then break those down for the wide receivers and tight ends the following show. And then we're doing combine, which would be funny. We, we got to tighten it up because I'll be in Mexico that week, Ooh. that following week. Getting so, suntan, getting those. Yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss a show somehow, some way. So you guys might have to break down the combine out without me. We'll have to see. I don't know. I, I think I might go to the combine. I leave for Mexico like March 12th, I believe. Oh, so combine will be over week. then. I know, but we won't break it down until that fall. Like the 7th, 8th, and 9th is when all the running backs go. So we won't break the combine until that Tuesday. Gotcha. So I might not be here for the combine breakdown. Gotcha. But I'll be here for the way too early rookie mock draft. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Talk to you next week, nerd. Adios.